Sounds good now. Y'all happy to be in the house of the Lord? Could we just stand and have a word of prayer? If you could open up the scripture I was going to read. Psalm 66, 1 through 4. Is God worthy of our praise? Amen. Of all of our praise. says to the chief musician a song or psalm make a joyful noise unto God all ye lands sing forth the honor of his name make his praise glorious say unto God how terrible art thou in thy works through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee all the earth shall worship thee and sing unto thee, they shall sing to thy name, Selah. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Almighty God, Father, we're here, Lord, for a service, a sacrifice, Lord. We're here to lift up our hearts unto you, Father. We're here to open up our hearts, Lord. Lord, may you just come down as that wonderful surgeon, Lord, and may you do surgery in our lives tonight. Father, whatever we're going through, may we be able to set it aside. May our thoughts become clear, Lord. May you just speak to us each one tonight. Give us that strength that we need to press this battle, Lord. Help us, Father, to just put one foot in front of the other and to press this battle, Lord. May we just put our arms around one another and, Lord, and look to that prize of the high calling. We love you so much. We thank you for all you do for us. You're so good to us, Lord. Just pray now that you'd bless this service in a special way, Lord. Lord, may your word just sink into the depths of our hearts, dear God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. The congregation says, amen. Amen. He touched me.
you glad for that? Will he touch me? Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Oh, yes, Lord, something. met my blessed Savior Well since he has cleansed and made me whole I shall never cease to praise him I'm gonna shout it I'll shout it while eternity grows. Sing it with all your heart. Will he touch me? Oh, he touched me. Aren't you glad for that? And oh. Cleansed and made me whole. 
give him a hand clap of praise tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Kia D, brother. You know, there's a God of the mountain, and he's still God in the valley. Amen. I thought I'd sing my wife's favorite song. Well, life, it is easy when you're up on the mountain. You've got a peace of mind like you have never known. But things change when you get down in that valley. Well, but don't lose faith, don't lose faith, for you're never alone. Aren't you so glad that the God of the mountain is still God in the valley when things go wrong? He'll make them right. then right talk comes so easy when life's at its best but now down in the valley with trials and temptation that's where your faith is really put to the test of the mountain is still God of the valley when things go Go wrong. He'll 
looking up and actually seeing a chariot come down after you I mean what would that be like amen that'd be awesome right I think it's the key of F swing low sweet chariot coming for to carry about it just you when I looked over Jordan what did I see coming for to carry Yeah. 
we give the Lord a big, awesome hand clap of praise tonight. Billy Luther, come on up. We'll pray over the tithes and the offerings. God is awesome. Amen. singing the songs of Zion, Lord. Lifting our hearts and opening our hearts as our brother prayed earlier, Father. That your presence, Lord, would just come and move aside all the cares of this life, Father. Lord, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. The mother of our hearts today, Father. And Lord, we're so thankful, so expecting, Father, for the ministering of your word this evening, I pray that you bless Brother Coffee, Father. Lord, may we pull on the gift that, Father, we can receive what we have need of, Father. And as we collect the continue to bless the service, Father. We love and worship you. We thank you for your watchful eye over each and every one of us. Comfort our hearts concerning all our cares, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, what a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Well, the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high, your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Will the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. 
sin was great, but your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. Oh, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares with this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Just softly now. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. What a name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a powerful name it is. That name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated with us. Until every heart 
Consider a word sometimes. The song Day Star. You can't see a star in the daytime, right? You can only see it at night. But He is our day star. Aren't you thankful for that? I love the Lord. Lily of the valley, let your sweet aroma fill. My life, rose of Sharon, show me how to grow in beauty in God's sight. Fairest of ten thousand, make me a reflection 
desires tonight. God bless you. We're happy to have you here. Amen. With us this evening. Have a wonderful treat. Been looking forward to it all week. Amen. Brother Stephen Coffey is here. Happy to have Sister Sarah with us also. Amen. He's on some business up over in Hilton Head. And so we wrangled him in to uh, putting on his preaching shoes tonight. You ready for the word of God? 
Amen. I, I love Brother Stephen. Loved him for years, his whole family. Amen. Wonderful friends of us, friends to this tabernacle here. Amen. If you've never heard Brother Stephen, amen. Amen. Get ready to enjoy the Word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Brother Andrew, I want to switch up, open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus as we invite Brother Stephen to come at this time. Amen. Open our eyes, Lord. <clears throat> open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus to reach, to reach out and touch Him to say that we love, love Him. Open our ears, oh Lord, and help us, help us to Let's raise our hands all over the building. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus to reach out, to reach out. see Jesus. What a thought that is. I wonder if you would, would you bow your heads with me? Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, what a, what a thought that is for our eyes to behold you. Lord, there's no doubt that's the longing of every individual in this room. Maybe there's some that's a little bit nervous at that thought. Be in the presence of Almighty God to see you. Lord, I think you've allowed us to see you in this, in this day and time in which we live. We see you through a glass darkly, Lord. We, we can only see in part what we see. Our eyes are not closed as to what's going on, as to when you're coming. Lord, we believe we're in that period right now. So to a great, a great degree, you have opened our eyes. Lord, how thankful we are for that. Lord, I'm very thankful this evening that you've allowed us to gather in this room together, to go to church together this evening, tonight. Lord, this is a special opportunity. This is a, a moment in time which we do not take for granted. So, Lord, we offer it back to you. We ask that you'd speak to us as you 
desire. Pray that you'd lift up the downcast. You'd instruct those that need guidance. Lord, we need you now more than I think we ever have. So Lord, I, I, I ask you that you would just have the freedom to move among our hearts and minds. Bring them both subject to the word of God, I pray. And give these moments into your hands to do with as you please. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Isn't it wonderful to be in church tonight? Amen. Thank you, musicians. Thank you. Uh, what beautiful singing. I wouldn't mind if you're standing. Let's uh, turn to the book of Ephesians, and I want to read a passage of Scripture there. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Just wanted to say a, a special thank you to Brother Jason for allowing us to come and speak and to be here. Uh, it's a real honor and a privilege, and uh, looking forward just to being in church together, and I hope you are too. Uh, I think it's normal that we'd be to church together on Sundays, uh, but it's just fun to get together on Wednesdays. This breaks up the whole craziness of a week. I think it's a lot of fun, so uh, always enjoys Wednesday night services, and um, um, uh, just trust that you're looking forward to hearing from him this evening. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and I want to read in verse 14. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. Thank you for standing with me. It's so good to see each and every one of you. Uh, it's, um, it's just good to be here. And I, I wanted to say a special thank you as well, uh, Sister Sarah and I, my, my lovely wife. Um, I wanted to say a special thank you to everybody that, that made the youth camp possible. It was fantastic. It was a great camp. Really enjoyed it. Uh, surely lives were touched and just all that uh, gave, gave of their time and their love and their effort. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed it. I know Sister Sarah and I, we both uh, just walked away uh, refreshed and um, uh, just being with everybody. So just wanted to say a, a special thank you to all of you. And uh, I bring you greetings from Christian Fellowship Tabernacle uh, and all the, uh, all the saints there. I think there's a few listening in tonight. And i um, thrilled to be able to go to church with some amazing people uh, there in Christiansburg, Virginia. So excited to them. Uh, excited that they're listening in and uh, good to be here. Amen. You know, I was, um, I was just thinking on the way here this evening uh, about just uh, what, what we do here. And to the world, this is a very foolish thing. Uh, a bunch of people getting together. You have a man standing and spitting for an hour. And they drive by in the normal busyness of life. This seems like a very foolish thing. And to, to, uh, it, it is kind of foolish what we do. And it's through the foolishness of preaching that the Lord would choose to save those that believe. And that's the key is that we gather together because we believe. And so I'd ask you this evening, if you just pull on the word of God, um, and, uh, uh, and if you have a need, you have something that you want the Lord to speak to,
just pull on the, pull on the presence of the Lord, because I believe he's here. You believe he's here tonight? He promised he would be, so we have no other, we have no other alternative than to believe that he's here. So I believe if he is here, he can speak to you directly. I absolutely believe that. So let's just press into the Lord tonight. Uh, I believe, in, uh, I believe in, in, in the message of the hour. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, in, uh, I believe the Lord sent a messenger in this last day, and that message is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Do you believe that? Uh, I believe that the message of the hour, many times we can overcomplicate things, and to a large degree... Um, when the seventh angel shall begin to sound, the mystery should be finished, and Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And so his coming and who he is in me and who I am in him is, is to me, that's the message of the hour. And I, I press fully into the light that Christ has shown to us. As Paul says here, I, I press fully into that. And I, I, um, I, I believe that, and I think I, I believe that the next thing to happen is the change of our bodies. I really believe that. Uh, and I, I believe that until the change of our bodies occurs, we are in a period of maturing. There's a difference between a growth period and there's a difference between a, a period of maturing. The stalk grows, but then ultimately the fruit comes onto the vine and it matures. So the fruit matures, we're in a maturing season. And I, I believe that God wants to mature us. And I'm so thankful because I believe that God is still working on me. When I received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's when my life began. And so I believe that he, he intends that I would change and that I would grow. I believe that the Lord uh, intends for there to be progress. And progress is an interesting thing. I was reading on progress recently and just studying a little bit, and it's we would oftentimes, we'd think of progress as being a, a steady incline when in actuality, progress can be a, 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 a bunch of squiggly lines up and down. Progress doesn't seem like progress all the time, even though we are progressing. So you may be in a period of decline, or seemingly you may be in a period of decline, when in actuality, you're playing out the course of what progress looks like in your life. And it's an amazing thought if, if you really take a, you look at a forest, a forest, the whole thing could be burned to smithereens, and it's progressing. It's just clearing out the, the bad stuff and growing, and it's, the whole thing is burned. Um, we have a local forest we, we, we hike in every once in a while, and uh, there's, there's woods there, and they all burned. Um, and you look at it today, and that was years ago, and you look at it today, and it's beautiful, and it's bursting with life. So what progress may look, what, what you think progress may look like, oftentimes it's very different than that uh, uh, assumption. Progress is simply, the, the definition of it is forward or onward movement toward a destination. So progress is just I'm, just, I'm moving toward my destination. And I believe that we're all moving toward a very expected end, a, a specific destination. And along the way, as I progress... I want to progress well. You can choose how you progress. To a large degree, you have a lot of input and in, 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 uh, uh, say in how well you progress. Uh, the Lord doesn't, um, he, he doesn't have a, a, an army of robots. He has an army of, of individuals with the ability to think and to do and to decide 
That's, uh, for, that's what free will is. The Lord doesn't force anybody through the, uh, through the riven veil. He foreordained and, and, and called you to stand at Jordan's river, but he pushes no one across. By your own free will, you step across the riven veil into the Holy of Holies. You, you, you chose that uh, uh, to step fully into Christ. So he called you to that, but you made the decision to cross that veil. And I, I believe that he... Uh, along life's road, we have choices. That's why Brother Branham preached in the time of decision. He, 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 he preached that we have a choice to make. It's, an, it's, a, it's a, a very uh, um, uh, important concept for us to understand. In 1956, in Making a Way, he says, we grow, we mature. He says, we find better things, we talk of better things, we wear better clothes, we drive better automobiles, we are progressing but God cannot progress in that way because he was always perfect to begin with. So thanks be to God, we can change, but thanks be to God, he doesn't. So he doesn't change, but you can. And I praise God for that every moment of my life because I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm not perfect as of yet. He is my perfection, but I'm not perfect as of yet. So as I progress, I want to progress well. And if that means I need to learn how to make better decisions, how to uh, communicate one to another better, how to align myself to the scripture, then bring it on because I want to progress well. Because one thing is for sure, progress, you will. You will change. Change is inevitable. It's the only constant. Of course, you're going to change. I have more gray hair than, uh, than the last time I was here. And you do not. So I don't know what's going on. But I have a lot of gray hair. And the last time I was here, I don't think that I had that much. So I am changing, like it or, or not. I want to choose to change and progress and mature well. Now, in, in this passage of Scripture, now, I, I believe that the Lord wants us to grow. Um, you, you, you wouldn't want your child to remain a, a spoiled child. You train them in the way that they should go. And thanks be to God, he trains us and, and, and nurtures us and, and comes alongside us. That's what the, the, the Holy Spirit is, is one that comes alongside and helps us to grow and mature. And then Ephesians chapter 1 in verse, uh, I believe it's 17, he says, and the spirit of wisdom and revelation will work in our midst according to our knowledge of him. So we grow in grace and in knowledge, but the spirit of wisdom and of revelation works in that midst, in, in our midst to allow us to grow and progress well. And that's why sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. So as our knowledge of him grows, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation, the Holy Spirit in our midst, allows and guides us, leads us, helps us make those decisions. Amen. What an interesting thing. What an amazing thing. Brother Brandon believed in evolution. If you ever, uh, Brother Jason, actually a long time ago, um, in the early 2000s, you were in Hickory and you preached on evolution. I was a very, very young man at the time. And I listened to that. And it was the first time I had really understood that concept. And I got it and I thought, Brother Branham believed in evolution, and obviously we don't believe in evolution, um, uh, we believe in creation and evolution after creation. Uh, but Brother Branham believed in that process of change. He said, you look at a little tadpole, and you look at how they're in the, in the water, and then they grow up, and then all of a sudden they become some other thing because they morph, they change, they grow. So we all progress, we all grow, and uh, we do so by the leading of the Holy Spirit. You know what I find amazing is that families grow. I was looking around at the camp. 
and I am one of the old people. When I was a camper, I looked around and said, those people are old. And I was that guy, this camp. And I'm thinking, I'm the one with gray hair. I'm the, I'm the guy. I brought children from my church to this camp. And I'm thinking, whoa. I was not ready for that. I had my own little moment, uh, just apart from everybody. Families and, and churches evolve. A church is a living organism. It changes, it grows, it, con- it contracts, it expands. It, it changes, it's nurtured by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, your family grows, and you, you can choose uh, to, tr- to allow your family to grow well. You train up in the, in the, a child in the way that it goes. You, you, your, your family, uh, your, your kids, all of a sudden, they're just old, and they're moved out. Uh, um, you get one, you get it figured out when they're young, and I'm speaking from my parents' perspective to me. Uh, when I was a young child, they, they thought they had me figured out, and then I grew up, and then I caused different kinds of headaches, uh, naturally. So everybody grows, and I think it's this amazing concept in Philippians chapter 1, being confident of this, of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We all progress, and we progress every moment. Here in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul, he says um, that you redeem the time. And he uses this phrase, and uh, to my knowledge, he only uses this phrase one other time, and that's in uh, uh, the book to the people at Coloss, um, when he says, walk in wisdom to them that are without redeeming the time. So he uses this phrase, redeem the time, but the the Greek phrase time um, means, it, it implies an opportunity. So redeem the time, it, 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 it looks at time as being a moment, being an opportunity. So redeem the opportunity that you have because you don't have the, 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 the past, you don't have the future, you have the present. So you have the present moment to decide and to do well and to act and to be. God placed you in this moment. He handcrafted this moment and gave it to you. This Wednesday night, you may look at this as just a normal Wednesday night in your life. You may not be feeling well. You've got work things all yada, yada, yada. You've got all the different things that you're thinking about. But this moment was specifically crafted by Almighty God for you, and it's considered an opportunity. What an amazing thing. What an amazing concept. Time is an amazing thing. Now, according to archaeologists and all the research back in the Babylonian and in, in, in Egyptian time, they began to measure time probably 5,000 years ago. We think of time and we think just take time for granted. You may have not taken the time and thought about time. I have. And the, the Egyptians and the Babylonians began to think about time and how it was created, but it was actually far beyond that. Even in Job, it says our time on earth is brief. So the, the concept of time is, has always been uh, present for, for humans. We've always thought of things in terms of, of time. Joseph, uh, um, even uh, Job lived far beyond uh, uh, Joseph and before Moses way back. And um, when you talk about time, you also have to talk about space because the two are relative to, to one another. Amen. And when the Apostle Paul is saying, redeem the time, redeem the moment, Brother Branham said this in 1961 in the True Easter Seal. He says, now, 
We just happen to think. Just watch this just a minute. Now, Einstein proved by scientific that if two objects was coming at each other, like two cars coming down from across the road, if they were coming fast enough, then they'd really have to be going fast, like a billion miles per second. But they could pass right through one another and never disturb a thing. Speed would do it, pass right through one another without disturbing anything. He says, now, if you'll notice, I was standing here not long ago at Mount Polomar in California, and I was noticing that there was a telescope, 120 million years of light space, and how many miles would be broke down, but yet heaven is so many billions and billions of light years beyond that, he says, till that's not even a thought of. How would we get there? It's the travel. It'll be like the mind. It's so fast. It'll be faster. If you could think of heaven, that's how quick you'd be there. Jesus, after he was resurrected, came right through the walls, right through the doors, and stood and eat boiled fish and honeycomb. Hallelujah. He said, speed. No matter sooner than life has gone out of this body, we're in the presence of God yonder. Now, interestingly, Brother Branham talks about Einstein. Because Einstein went so far that God had to stop him. Einstein uh, understood the, the, the concept of time as it relates to space. Einstein thought, well, naturally, if you're going at the speed of light, something zooms by you at the speed of light, it just goes by you. You can barely even see it. It's going by at such speed, and it's a, a measure of time. It's going by you in 186,000 feet per second. So it's a measure of time and space. Einstein said, but time is relative because if you're traveling with the speed of light, everything else around it is going by really, really fast. So it's relative, the, uh, the perception of time is relative to where you are. Fascinating, isn't it? And Brother Branham says uh, Einstein uh, um, uh, understood all of this and thus the theory of relativity. You're relative to where you are. So time is just a, a, um, a perception of where you are, but we have this idea of what we view time as. We came here at 7 o'clock. Most of us came here at 7 o'clock. We should have been here at 6.30 though, right? I can say that because I wasn't in here and I didn't know who got here at 6.30 or 7. <laughs> and then I can leave tonight. <laughs> so we should be here at 6.30. Can I get an amen? Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we've got work tomorrow, 9 o'clock. We go. We think in terms of time. We measure our lives and we look at all these things as, as a measure of time. Now, interestingly, this, the, uh, Brother Branham, at the end of this quote, he says this, we only know as feet and inches and yards and miles and so forth, we're in this earthbound system. But when we leave here, brother, oh my, what a time. He says we're in this earthbound system. Now, the scientific de definition of time, if you go and you look at it and what time is, time is the indefinite continued progress of existence and events that occur in apparently irreversible succession from past through the present to the future. That's the scientific definition of time. It is the indefinite continued progress of events irreversible succession. You can't have time back. I don't know if you knew that or not, but time doesn't, it, you can't stop it, you can't buy it. It's in short supply. You have a set period of time. It is irreversible and it is irrevocable. So he, it's, it's irreversible succession from past through the present to the future. That sounds familiar 
Because in Hebrews chapter 13, 8, it says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Revelations 22, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. So the very scientific definition of time relates to who God is almost precisely. An amazing thought. Now, the, uh, that being said, God created time and placed us within it. Now, the scripture very clearly says in Colossians 1, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. So he created everything and it was created through him and for him. So that would mean that time, as we would understand it, the succession of events in an irreversible order, past, present, and future, was a construct that God himself crafted. Now, the amazing thing is that you and I are finite. We, we are not, uh, it, it, in our flesh, we are not eternal. We are finite, meaning that the only context that we have to relate to who God is, in, is in terms of the beginning and the ending. We can't grasp eternity. If you try to think about eternity, your mind stops because it's finite. In other words, God crafted this construct called time, and then he places you and me within the context of it. We can't relate to eternity. We don't have no idea what it means, what it is, the breadth of it, the depth of it. We don't understand, but we know the beginning and we know the end. We know that it's 9 o'clock and we know that the service is going to end 8.45 and 9 o'clock. We know that the service is going to end at some point. We think in terms of time. So the only context that we have to relate to the world and to an expected end is the beginning. So the only, the only context that we have of, of life as we know it is within the context of time, a construct that was directly and precisely crafted by Almighty God from the beginning to the ending because he is the Alpha and the Omega. All things were created through him and for him. What an amazing thing. Now, eternity, the scientific de definition of eternity or eternal is this, the continuing forever or indefinitely, having no beginning and no end in time, lasting forever and existing at all times. Eternal can also mean always true or valid. So we understand it from the definition that, that eternity always is. It's always true. It's always valid. It never had a beginning and it never had an ending. So it, it, it's important, and I want you to grasp this, that God created the construct of time, and then he placed mankind in it. Time is, is relentless. It's irrevocable. It's irreversible. You never get this precise moment back again. Amen. Think about that for a second. And we just take Wednesday night for granted. And this moment was so precisely crafted by God. He placed you here and every single one of us in this room. For some reason, he had uh, me here and you there and you there and you. And we think that, uh, you know, oh, I, just, I just came to church, Brother Steve. No, this was specially crafted by Almighty God for a very specific purpose because all things, he makes all things beautiful in his time. 
So within that context that you and I relate to, he makes everything beautiful. He works to the the good pleasure of his will within that context. What an amazing thing. Now, God himself is eternal. So he exists apart from the constraint of time, right? God, God is the beginning and he is the ending, but he never had a beginning and he never had an ending, but he crafted the beginning and the ending. So within the context, he has preeminence. He is omniscient and omnipresent. Brother Branham said, you can't be omnipresent without being omniscient. So the very fact that he is omnipresent is because he knew all things. That's what foreknowledge is. He, and that's why how free will and foreknowledge work together. A lot of people get confused about that. God just knew what decision you would make. He's orchestrated all things to the working of his good pleasure, but he gives you the free will in the moment to make the decision. What an amazing thing. Now, here's the other thing that I want you to understand. At the same time, Satan was created and placed within the same construct that you and I are in. Satan is a a created being, right? Right? He, he had a beginning, therefore he has an ending. He, in, 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 even in Genesis chapter 2, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and the host of them. Brother Branham says in 1962, and why I'm against organized religion, he says this, and there's no scripture that says there's an eternal hell. Because eternal never did begin and neither does it never end. So the Bible, hell was created for the devil and his angels, so it isn't eternal. There was a time when it wasn't, and there'll be a time when it's not again. They may be punished in there through fire and brimstone and pits and fire and eons of time, but it finally will end because hell is not eternal. And if there was an eternal hell, you'd have eternal life and to live in eternal hell. And and if, if it was eternal, it always was. And you you always was in hell. You'll always be in hell. See, so there's no such a thing. He says, so you see eternal is never had a beginning, never had an ending. There's only one form of eternal life, and that is God, and it comes from the Greek word zoe, which means God's own life. And when we are born again by the Spirit of God, we become eternal with God because we have part of his life, which makes us sons and daughters to God. Satan exists within the same context that you do. Now, there's a faster dimension, right? Hell is just a, a different dimension. There's, it's relative to where you are and the dimension that you have. There's, there's a three, Brother Random explained the realms that exist, and you exist within the, the earth realm, and Satan exists in a different realm. So he's traveling with a different perception of time. It's relative to where he is, where he is but you are in this context, and he is in that context, but he's restrained by the same construct that you are that a flesh-born person is. And within that construct, Brother Adam said that Satan absolutely does have power, but he only has power within that construct because his only power is death. So his only power is with death. That means that he's confined to the same constraint that a flesh-born person is confined by. That's why in the millennium, he, he was, he was bound, and it was a chain of circumstance. There's literally nothing for him to do. It, it, there is a, a, a confine that he is under, and it's the same that we're under. 
as individuals, as, as flesh-born individuals in all of this world. This is Satan's Eden, and he's confined to that construct of time. He had a beginning. He will have an end. Now, God exists apart from that context, but Satan is bound by that. That's why God created time is because it has a beginning and it has an end, but he is eternal. So at some point, Satan exists within that construct of time, but he absolutely has an ending because he had a beginning. So Satan is only confined, Satan is confined by time. And one sweet day, time will come to an end. So I ask you, what have we to fear? What have we to trust? I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Do you understand how small Satan is? He's confined to time. And one day, time is going to be over. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that those who are in Christ Jesus have the very life of Christ in them. And if you are in Christ, then you were in him in the beginning. You are a thought at the beginning. A thought is a, um, a word is a thought expressed. You've heard this before. You know where I'm going. A thought, a word is a thought expressed. So if you are in the mind of God, then that means that you are the word made manifest. You're the very life of God. That's the very life of God in you because it's the same word, flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. So Paul comes along and said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Christ lives through me. And we look at all these different things. Um, even in, in, the, uh, uh, in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. John chapter 5, verse 25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death, the only, the only power that Satan has, unto life. So you've been passed from death unto life. And then he says in 1 John chapter 5, he says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. God gave to you eternal life. And do you understand that eternity exists outside of the constraint of time? So do you understand that your adversary has an end but you do not. Your adversary's time is allotted to him. He exists within that constraint, but you as a born-again Holy Ghost-filled believer do not. You exist outside of that confine, although the only context that we have is within it, but thanks be to God, he hath opened our eyes to be able to see what God has done in this last day. And what he's done is he's given his very life, Zoe, to you, and you are a part of him, flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone, meaning that you have eternal life in you right now. It's deity in flesh. So you exist outside of that context, even though you are constrained by it. What an amazing thing. So I can't stop the aging process. There's a lot of chemicals. There's a lot of things that says you can, but they won't stop it. Time is irreversible and it is irrevocable. It is relentless. It goes. Your children will grow up. They will leave the home eventually. Some will, some may not. You will get old. Rest assured that you will change. 
You can't stop it. It's relentless. Change happens. Progress happens. There's nothing you can do about that because you're confined to that restraint. But praise be to God, that's not the end of my story. That's not the end of your story. We exist without that constraint in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it took a message of the hour to reveal that to you to say, I am heaven bound. I'm not confined by this world or the enemy within it. I live outside of this constraint. So therefore, when you talk about overcoming, you talk about um, uh, uh, healing, when you talk about resisting the devil and he will flee, think about it within that context of the devil only has so much time. He only has so much time. And I believe that it's very near to the point where we're going to leave this world. And at that point, we'll just go faster. And our perception of reality will be totally different because it's relative to time. And Satan's perception is different. So he doesn't know. He, he can't stop it because he's constrained by it. A construct directly crafted by God to, to allow his end. He lifted you outside of that constraint and he left Satan within it because it had a beginning and it has an end. And he is the Alpha and the Omega. Isn't that mind-blowing? And you think about that. Do you understand how small Satan is? And we think about it in terms of, you know, um, Brother Steve, you don't know what I'm dealing with. I, I don't. And I, I, I even think of this. Um, you think about anxiety. You think about depression. You think about, that's just rampant uh, uh, nowadays. Um, suicide, those, those spirits and those things. Uh, depression is absolutely a spirit. Um, you can be depressed. It's absolutely a spirit. Anxiety is absolutely a, a, a spirit. And I, I believe that I, I, when, we, when you look at it with this perspective, you can say with confidence, Satan, get thee behind me. You shall not prevail. When you look at it with the perception of, I, I, I'm not confined by the same constraints that you are. There's a greater power that's within me. It's greater than, in, within me than he that's within the world. Then your decision-making changes. When I, became a, 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 when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. I think differently. You look at the world differently. You think of time differently. You, you, everything changes because, behold, all things that are in Christ are made new. And so my decision-making, uh, it, it, it just changed when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But I want you to understand, when you look at, uh, at life and you look at the circumstances and you look at the moment that God has given you, when you look at it with the perception of, I have all eternity behind me. All eternity is, is here with me. It's, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. A great mystery that would be revealed to, to, the, to the Gentiles, to you. So it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. That means if you bring it down into every moment and you look at it as Paul encourages you to do as an opportunity, then within that opportunity, within that moment, you can confidently say, Satan, get thee behind me. And if you can't confidently do that, then you can confidently, boldly run to the throne of grace. You can absolutely receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking to you. You can have it right now. You don't have to wait because you have time. 
you have a moment that is specifically crafted by God, you don't have the future because it is not here yet. The past is the past you have right now, but you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You don't know when he will, uh, the day or the hour when he, when he comes. We know the season that he will come, and it is now. So if you, are, if you doubt whether or not you have the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right now, at this moment in time, because God crafted this moment in time and gave it to you. He didn't give it to someone in the past. He gave it to you. Every single one of you this evening, he gives you this moment, and you can decide what you do with it. So why would you wait? What, what doth hinder thee? Run to it, I say. I say, seize the moment. Time is a gift of God and it's given to you. So make the right decision. Progress well. Change well. Don't lose the opportunity. Make the decision. You don't have to wait till a Saturday night service to have a, a prayer line experience. You can have it right now. It's not about you waiting until Sunday or waiting till the opportune moment. It's not guaranteed. You've got right now. Make the decision. God left Satan within the constraints of time. I, I believe in, in large part he crafted time so that Satan would have an end. So that you would have the confidence he will not, he will not overcome me. He has, a, he has an expected end. We have an expected end. He has an expected end. And our expected end is a beginning. Our, our expected end is, is that he would come and he would change us and that he would mold us and craft us and, and shape us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. He would do that continually and over and over every moment and every moment. If the Lord should tarry, you change and you grow and you mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Brother Bannon would say it was the old lady who said, I, I'm not, thank God, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I want to be. But thank God, I'm not what I used to be. He who began a good work in you will finish it. So if you've made your decision and you're sitting here tonight, maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit for 30 years and you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, I just, I feel so empty or I, I don't know what it is. Or maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Maybe you're struggling with, with depression. A great deal of us are. Satan might, tries to make you feel like you're isolated and you're the only one dealing with it. Everyone's got anxiety to whatever degree. It varies. You may be dealing with it to the point where um, uh, medicine may be needed. The Lord allows that, uh, all these different things. But you, you may be at a point in your life where you're saying, I, I don't know what to do, Brother Steve. You've got this moment, and you've got all eternity right here with us this evening. We believe that or we don't. You've got all eternity right here because he said, I'll be with you. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I believe he's here. That means he's right here in this room, and he's given us this moment to respond to him. He created time, a construct, the only context that we have to relate to the world around us. I know that Sunday was, and I know that Sunday's coming. So we're constrained by it to a large degree. But in the same right, the Holy Spirit, and by his grace lifts us outside of that constraint. Although we're, we're earthbound, but one sweet day will be changed 
and our perception of time will change because it'll be relative to something else. And then we'll be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. And then we'll move into this whole new, new phase of, of existence that's apart from the constraint of time. But thanks be to God that Satan will be left within it. I want you to understand how small Satan is. I want you to understand how important every single moment is. God's given you this time. You know, he's given you every single moment with your children. He's given you every single moment with your spouse. And those are important. Those are not to be said, well, you know, I don't have time with this, or I don't want to deal with this, or, you know, I'm, uh, um, this is uh, of no importance. God's given you every single moment with your family, with your friends, with your work, coworkers, all the things that you do in your career. The Lord is extremely invested in what you do with your, with your work. You ever thought about that sometimes? The scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all thy might, as unto the Lord. So the Lord wants to be involved in that, so that you would do well, so that you would prosper. This is not prosperity gospel, it's just the reality of the grace and mercy of Almighty God. He wants to be there in every single moment that you have. So here's the thing. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he said, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. And also he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. He's, he's planted eternity. He's made everything beautiful in his time. He's given a sense of divine purpose in your heart. He's allowed you to understand there's something greater than just this. He's divinely given you that understanding. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. You think outside of that, that context. You think you're looking at, by the grace of, of Almighty God and the message of the hour, you can see the, 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 how everything plays out, how, how um, uh, the rapture happens. God turns to the Jews. Uh, we go to the wedding supper. We go into a millennial reign. All of these different things. You can look at all these different things from the beginning to the end with that perception and with that understanding by the grace of God. That's why Zerubbabel, the only thing he could say when the pyramid uh, uh, came down, when the cap came down on top of the pyramid, the only thing that he could say to it was grace, grace unto it. That's why Brother Branham said, shalom to the bride. Peace be unto you. Because you've got this understanding and this awareness of where you stand. He's placed that divine purpose in you. And then Paul comes right along in Ephesians chapter 5. And he says in four, verse 14, Wherefore saith he, Awake thou that sleepest. Don't waste the moments. Awake thou that sleepest. And he says, And Christ shall give thee light. Arise from the dead. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You know what that means. It's as you walk a tightrope. Somebody walks a tightrope, they have to walk it very circumspectly, very carefully. Because if you say, hey, Bob, yes, naturally, he's going to fall off the tightrope. So the idea and what it says in Scripture is very, very clear. Walk carefully. You know how you do that. You do that moment by moment. Worry and anxiety is something that may or may not happen. Depression is worrying about something in the past, right? Depression is, 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 um, is, is down because of something that has happened or something that, that occurred. Anxiety is worry or, 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 or anxiety uh, and worry is, is something that hasn't even happened. It's imagination. 
So that's an avenue of Satan to play with your imagination, right? Because that's an avenue of the spirit realm. So naturally, he's going to get in your head and begin to make you think all of these different things and imagine all these different things. That's how anxiety works. Now, it is an evil spirit, but it works and plays at your mind about something that may or may not have happened. Tomorrow, my business is going to go kaput. Mm, I think there's going to be people who are going to need your services tomorrow. So if one customer calls today and says, I, I don't want you to ever come back, then there's probably going to be somebody else who needs that the next day. But anxiety and worry, a very tool of the devil to get you to bring that moment and totally shapes and perverts the moment that God gave you. Satan is a perverter. So within the constraint of time, his power is perversion. That's what death is, is a perversion of life. Brother Branham taught all about this. So he says it's a perversion of life. So Satan's only power is to pervert that which God intended for his glory. So anxiety and worry is, is, is imagining something that may or may not happen and existing in, a, in, a, in something that you don't even have, which is the future. So why would you want to exist in, in, in something that may or may not have happened? And I realize that some people can be very sick. You can be to the point where you're debilitated, uh, uh, laying on, on, a, on, a, on a couch without any hope uh, for, for the future, depressed and anxious, and that's the enemy perverting a moment in time for you. But God does not intend for that perversion to last. That's why he says, be of good cheer, because in me, I I have overcome the world. So be of good cheer. In the world, naturally, you're going to have tribulation. The customers are going to call, and they will not like you. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. In me, you have peace. He's given you that moment, and you have the ability, the choice, the choice to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to take over that moment. Amen. That's why he says, I, I, I have hid thy word in my heart that I might not sit against thee. All these scriptures come into light. I, I will, I, uh, he, uh, uh, he will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's not psychology. That's just scripture. He whose mind who has stayed on thee. Satan wants to play with that and pervert every single moment that God has given you. He'll put fear into your mind right now. You say, Brother Steve, I want to respond to the Holy Spirit, whatever that may look like for you. I don't know. You may, you may run around. You may just sit at your seat. I don't know. It may look very different for each one of you. But he may put fear in your mind and say, I don't want to respond. That's Satan perverting a moment that the Holy Spirit is trying to deal with you. Don't let Satan, you have, the, you have the confidence with the understanding that you have to say, Satan, get thee behind me. You shall not prevail. I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there. I think about... Um, just driving down the road, and Sister Sarah and I were driving and um, listening to some music, and I was just thinking about all of the events that have led me to this point in time. And you may think that you don't amount, I don't, I don't know, I just feel this on my heart, you may think that you don't amount to anything. You may think that you don't have a lot of value. You may think, well, Brother Steve, I'm just, 
you know, I just, I don't feel like I'm contributing anything. I don't feel like I'm of any value. I, you know, I'm dealing with this or I've got this problem and this problem. You think about all the events that have happened to lead you to this moment. And there is one thing for, sh- for sure. He who has begun a good work in you will finish it until the very end. So if he brought you this far, he'll bring you the rest of the way. You have enough confidence in him to believe that if he brought you this far, he'll bring you the rest of the way. You're tired tonight. You don't feel well. That's fine. You'll feel better. You'll feel better. One sweet day, you'll feel very good, but you'll probably feel better in the next couple of days. And you can, you can let Satan get you down, which is what has nothing better to do. What else is he going to do? So naturally, he's going to try to pull you down and pervert the moment, which is right now. So I encourage you and I, I, I implore you, as Paul said, redeem the time. Knowing what we know, knowing where we are going, having the message of the hour firmly in our grasp, and understanding what we, we understand. I'm not saying you have to understand all the mysteries, but the knowledge that you do have, the spirit of wisdom and of revelation will work according to it. And he will work and perform to his good pleasure in your life. So if he brought you this far, he will bring you the rest of the way. Do you have confidence in that? Would you bow your heads with me? Musicians, won't you come? I just want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this moment in time. Lord, um, I, 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 it, it's a natural tendency for individuals to think about the past. And Lord, that's something, memory is something that is with us. It's, it's, a, it's an actual, it's an actuality. It's, it's not something that we can um, do without. Memory is there. But Lord, I, I pray that within this moment, we could forget those things which are behind us and press towards the mark of the high calling of Christ. I don't believe that it's going to be very long before we come home. I, I, I just, I don't want it to be, Lord. I want to be home. My, my, my goal, my, my objective, my vision is to walk through the gates of glory. It's for a body change. It's, Lord, for my perception of time and space to change, to go fast. As the prophet said, it's speed. Lord, one sweet day I'll change. But until then, may I press on well. May I change well. May I, may I make that decision, Lord, not to, not to wait or, or, or to, to push you aside and allow Satan to pervert every moment that you have given to me. Lord, may I just open my heart and my mind in subjection to the Word of God and say, Lord, have thine own way. Lord, I just want to... I just want to make... The decision in this hour, Lord, that would be pleasing to you. Lord, may I come boldly before the throne of grace. Lord, I pray that you'd search every heart. 
every mind. Lord, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And our righteousness is not in ourselves, it is in you. Lord, I pray that you'd lift our countenances, lift, lift our understanding, set our affections on those things which are above. Lord, may we just all together in this room, whoever's listening, Lord, may we together allow our affections to, be, uh, to rise above this world and the things that are constrained by time to, to you which are not. Lord, I pray that you would allow us to have victory in the present moment. Lord, give us the courage to reach out and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, give us the courage to run boldly to the throne of grace. Let this moment not pass anyone by. Lord, I pray that you just deal with each heart. We thank you for this moment. Oh, I surrender all. Let's just stand and sing this together. I surrender all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I. Just in this moment now. Sing that with your heart now. Really mean it if you're going to sing it. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily. Sing it now. Oh, I surrender all. Oh, I goodness told you we we're gonna go into the word didn't I you feel benefited tonight my I I was that's some of the fastest notes I've ever written in my life the brother came out I was thinking about the Roman candle brother Bram said it just blows out five stars and those five blow out five and I had so many candles bursting around me oh Wow, do I feel so benefited in the Word tonight. Did you ever imagine that the present is so vital and so critical? You see why the devil is always trying to distract you? That's really his only tool. 
is, is, is distraction and try to get you pulled off of God's program. My goodness, I love that, Brother Stephen. I, th I think more about redeeming the time. I, I really realized tonight that no wonder Brother Branham said, to make you an overcomer, that's not him just pushing you through a pipe, you know, putting you in a mold and then opening up and saying, oh, what a great overcomer. He said, no, this is something you got to do. You learn tonight that you have control. You have more control than the devil wants to make, wants to ever let you believe. I, I love the fact that <laughs> Satan is bound by time, which means he will end, but I will not. Oh, I'm an eternal being having a time experience. When, when it runs out, I will be, but he will not. Have not I told you all this time, he ain't nobody? Come on, he ain't nobody. He's a, he's a creature trapped in time. I, really, his only purpose here, he's, a, he, he's, he's ordained of God to drive me to, to perfection. To drive me, could I say it like this, to drive us back to perfection I started in God I'm going back to God oh my goodness my goodness you know something friends I was thinking about this you know brother Branham talked about Abraham and how that Abraham was a sojourner and he was looking for something now we're getting ready to go to prayer. I'm not going to bring you all up tonight because we've had so much sickness. We're going to stay right where we are. Uh, and I'll take a look and see if I have any prayer requests. I didn't see any, uh, but I might have some I haven't noticed yet. But we'll pray in a minute. But before we do, Abraham was looking for a real, tangible city. And Brother Branham said he knew it was somewhere because he had already met its king. He had met its king, wow. the king of Salem. Amen. And so he knew that was an eternal being that I met. So there must be an eternal city. And Brother Branham said he went everywhere looking for it. And Brother Branham said right where he built his altar. He said that city he was looking for, that real one, not, not a metaphor, a real city. He said it was just above him. It was just above him. So, you know, you need healing tonight. Well, guess what? I got a body that's just above me. That's, that's a per that, that if, if this tabernacle be dissolved, I have one already waiting. And that's why Brother Branham said divine healing is just a little deposit, a little earnest of the resurrection. See, no wonder that the Bible says all the good things come down from above. So you need healing in your body tonight. Just know this, that it's just, you can say, Lord, send down a little deposit of my resurrection power. I, I, I need it now. I know I'm going to get it someday and it's going to change me, but I need a little bit of it tonight. You need a little peace that passes understanding. It's just above you. Just say, Lord, let it come down on me tonight. Oh, friends, don't, don't lose sight of what, of what, you have access to by prayer and by faith that you believe that God is 
and that all good things come down from him, say, Lord, let it come down on me tonight. Could you have it that way? Could you imagine that's why? That to keep you from getting peace, you got a whole treasury of it up there. To keep instead of you operating on what you heard tonight, he fills up. Then tonight you got your brain filled with the word of God. But normally what Satan does is to try to keep you from coming to get to have that. And he fills up your mind with news and entertainment and, and, and every kind of... No wonder the world is under anxiety and stress and depression. Friends, I'm going to here to tell you, you don't have to have that. You don't have to have that. You don't have to put up with sickness. You don't have to put up with anxiety. It's a plague. Brother Bram called it a plague. That's an actual a prophetic term. He said it's a plague. It's on the whole age. I'm so glad tonight I can just reach up and know that there's a, a father just above me and I've got a, a, a perfect world already waiting. And when this one is done, I can go back there. But the beauty of it is, is I have access to everything I have need of. Now, do you want to believe it that way tonight? Do you want to just really let your mind grasp what you heard tonight and say, Lord, my goodness, I have right now, this is the most valuable moment in my life right now. Because the past is the past and tomorrow's not even guaranteed right now. Today is the day of salvation. You need the Holy Ghost. You need more of the Holy Ghost. It, it can be brought down to you. You need healing. It can be brought down to you. You need peace. You, know, you got some kind of a need. Let it be brought down to you tonight. Take possession of it. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Yeah, that's not psychology. That's scripture. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. My goodness. I, 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 I just want to keep going. Amen. Were you benefited tonight? Amen. Amen. Let's sing some of this. Have thy own way, Lord. Have thy own way. I think that's what you mean. Have thy own way. One request come in from um, Brother John Short asking for Sister, Amen, Sister Pat, look taking some tests and looking for the Lord to bring back good results. 
We still got about probably almost a third of Bethel Tabernacle uh, out tonight, sick with symptoms and sickness. Too many to even start calling names, but but let's just pray for the whole church. I want to see some of it that looked like they might escape it and now are starting to fever up and different things like that. But I know the Lord has it all in his perfect control. Uh, you know, I you should never doubt it again. The devil ain't nobody. Amen. Amen. He is he's trapped here. I'm not. <laughs> he has power, but I have power over his power. That's what Jesus said. I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. Amen. So it's ours tonight, friends, for the taking. Amen. Join with that person near you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, tonight we have one request that comes in from our dear brother John for Sister Patricia, asking for you to be merciful in that situation. Lord, you know all about it. And Lord, you know right well all the sickness that's been in, among the tabernacle saints here, Lord. Even many out tonight, Lord, homesick. And we had text and different things and prayer requests, Lord, and too numerous to even name. So I'm just asking, Father, bring down from above that, that, that deposit, Lord, of resurrection power into our bodies. May the whole assembly, Lord, be granted divine healing tonight Lord that we could be made well for your glory grant peace that passes understanding grant every need Lord that thy thy great love and thy great mercy and thy great grace supplies according to thy riches in glory we heard such tremendous things from your word tonight Lord I pray Father that we will go from here tonight take these things with us Lord and dwell on them tomorrow and the next day and the next day now today is the day of salvation all that I have need of can be mine today Lord we can't put it off as soon as we put it off to tomorrow as soon as we put it in the future we're already defeated Lord, we don't put it in the future. We, we bring it into the present tense right now. The word is mine. Every last bit of it, I have access to it right now. Father, I pray that you will grant a great understanding of this. Thank you for loaning us your servant tonight, Lord. We, we're so benefited by what we heard. We commit all of this to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have thine own way one more time. Oh, have thy own way, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have thy own way. Oh, there's such truth in those words. Thou art the Amen. All hearts clear tonight. We're trusting that you've enjoyed yourself in the presence of God. 
Amen. We're going to let you go. It's starting to get a little late, and so uh, we, we, we were careful, more uh, careful on Wednesday night. How many enjoyed the word? Amen. How many would like to see Brother Stephen come back? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. My goodness. We could use like a whole extended weekend, several services of that, friends. My goodness. Praise God. Turn around and greet somebody near you. Amen. Shake their hands, fist bump them, wave at them, smile at them. Say, God bless you, friends. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Sing for us. Thank you.